Let's get ready to be inspired by Lauren Tickner, the CEO of Impact School. She guarantees to double your sales with proven to work methods, but we want to hear from you, Lauren. Yay, Thank welcome. you so much for having me. We have scaled beyond that and now we're really, really focusing on ensuring that we can get our clients to get clients all around the world. And of course, I'm always working to share as much free content as I possibly can that will add value to people. So uh, yeah, it's great to be here today. And I know you guys, we've spoken a few years ago now, so it's good to be back. So thanks for having me. Thank you for being back, Lauren. So tell us what is what is happening like in the season? What is your main, your main focus in this season with Impact School? Yeah, so we're actually changing the name of the company because oh, cool. what we realized is that, uh, yeah, we wanted to do a rebrand because, you know, the clients that we started working with, even a few years ago when I think we did our first podcast, like more beginner level clients, right? They're kind of getting to their first, let's say like 10K months, but really where we're the best is we're the best at scaling. And we're really good at that. Like we're great at helping people scale their business. And so we just realized from doing, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of surveying your clients, right? Like surveying your audience is cool, but at the end of the day, people that vote in surveys on the internet, like they might never become your client. So if mm. you survey your audience of people who have actually paid you money, and what we did is we created an algorithm to identify our top clients based upon number of referrals they've sent us, do they pay their invoices on time? Who's paid us the most money? Who's been with us for the longest? Who's got the best results? Mm -hmm. We found a way to quantify that. That was someone from my team, not me, or a team of people working together. Wow. And we were able to rank our clients from essentially the most high value to the lowest value. And we took the top 200 and we identified that the reason why they were coming to us was to scale their business okay, to get the sales system that would allow their revenue to increase month on month, rather mm -hmm. than having these big swings of a high revenue, then a low revenue, then high, then low. Mm -hmm. And because they want to then be able to get this business working so they can move on to doing other things, right? Mm -hmm. So these clients, they have coaching programs, they have consulting offerings, they have agency offerings. And so really they want to move on to being able to go traveling and do investing and in different maybe content. Um, and so it was fascinating fascinating so we're going to be rebranding changing the name of impact school i'm currently working with some lawyers to make sure that the name that i want has the trademarks but it will be to do with scaling that's all i'll say oh, for now. It's very, very exciting times. And you guys are the first people that I've shared this with. So I literally yeah, got goosebumps now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be big. So I'm, I'm really looking wow. forward. Oh my God, this is amazing. Congratulations. So, 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 so super cool. Yeah. So you Aww. spoke about scaling, right? So what are some of the most common mistakes that entrepreneurs make when it comes to scaling their businesses? I think one of the biggest things that we see, at least with our clients, is that there is always an easy route to cash, right? And so the type of client we work with, they are really good at what they do. And so if they wanted to, they could send some emails or do some social media posts to get their own calendar jam-packed with sales calls. Or they could go to some events and do some networking and get some more clients and maybe it'll be more one-on-one -on -one work for them. And so mm -hmm. they always have that option, right? That option mm -hmm. is always in the back of their mind. Mm -hmm. And to illustrate this with a simple example, let's just say you were like a celebrity fitness trainer, right? Mm -hmm. Well, let's say you were looking to build a, an empire that you can scale around the world through having online programs, coaches mm -hmm. that work for you, etc. Well, 
if you're a celebrity trainer where you have the opportunity to make $500 an hour for a one-on-one -on -one session with a celebrity, that's always in the back of your mind, right? So you basically have to lose $500 every time you wanna actually work on your business. And so this is what we see with a lot of people making this mistake is they'll take the easy option too many times in a row because it's mm -hmm. a fast, it's a fast track to cash. When instead it's not about the direct cash that you as a, as a business owner or a expert can bring in. It's more about the asset that you can build, which can then run without you. So I would say it's that like, you know, taking the short term dollar in favor of the long term massive pot of gold, as it were. Um, mm -hmm. I believe that that is the fastest way that people also burn themselves out. Um, and so that's one of the things. But then another thing that I would say is like, okay, trying to do everything. Because if mm -hmm. you then want, believe, if you, when you believe that it comes down to launching more products, okay, or it comes down to running more campaigns and doing more of this and more of that and more of this and more of that, you never really know what's working. So as the years have gone on, what I've realized is that it really comes down to like changing as minimal variables as possible mm -hmm. in any one time and then really mastering something and maxing it out. So I'll give you an example. So I used to launch new courses all the time, new course, new course, new course, new course. And then what would end up happening is like, people wouldn't really know exactly like what it is that we do. Uh -huh. And so because of that, we lost out on a lot of clients, people were confused and I was exhausted. Okay. Um, whereas now instead what we do is we take the same thing and then we just change the way that it's positioned slightly so that it becomes more appealing based upon the feedback that we have from clients. It's really, really simple. Like it's super simple and it allows us to keep all of our marketing the same and then just double down on that more. So I would say those couple things, uh, especially when they're done at the same time can be the biggest cause of death for people that are trying to scale companies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And how long, how long does, does a scaling process usually, usually take till it's like sustainable? I mean, scaling is a never ending process. It just ends mm -hmm. when you want it to end, right? So mm -hmm. when it comes to, let's take, for example, the lifetime value of a client, right? Yeah. So that's how much a client pays you over their life cycle of staying with you, right? So typically this ends mm -hmm. when the skill level of the business owner ends. Because if, this, if the business owner is not able to keep adding more and more services to serve that particular client, right? Which is okay, you don't have to always keep going, but that's when the client ends up churning, right? So that's one way to think about it. So when it comes to scaling, the same thing goes, it's just the shift of the mindset and that scaling stops when you as the entrepreneur and the founder, you no longer desire to scale anymore. I mean, it's really as simple as that because let's say your revenue is stuck at 100K per month. Well, it's not because something isn't working. It's because you as the founder are not being resourceful enough to go and find the solution. Okay, so it then comes down to changing your environment, going and speaking to different people, ensuring that you can get the best help, like making sure that your business has the right infrastructure data in place um, so that you can actually find the real solution because there are always different levers that you can pull in your business in order to scale it but sometimes as the founder you might just be totally unaware that that lever is even something that you could pull right and so it comes down to you going out there and either finding the right people who can pull those levers for you and paying them as their monthly salary as a team member or you getting support coaching doing your own research to figure it out for yourself mm -hmm. when do when do people usually know that it's time not to scale i mean I don't know if it's like, 
maybe it's just like the kind of way that I think about it but I think you should mm-hmm. always be scaling like that's at least yeah. how I see it but mm-hmm. like okay for example you just had a baby right mm-hmm. so maybe now it's not the best time that you want to go all in <laughs> on scaling your business okay if you want balance but at the same time you, you also could because for example if I was to have a kid right now mm-hmm. like the way that I think about it is that that wouldn't necessarily affect anything it's just that I personally would be forced not to do as much stuff so I don't know the situation that you're in with your business right now, but like if someone has just had a baby and like they are a solo founder, you know what I mean? Like you can't really, you can't really try scale at that point because you need to be present there with your kid. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say like, it's not necessarily about when should you not scale, but instead it's like, why are you in a position where you could not scale? And if it's because right now you're so busy and you have bills that you need to pay, so you have to take the, trading time for money, right? If that's the situation, then it comes down to, okay, what do you need to do instead to get yourself out of that situation? So you get yourself out of runway and you have some money in the bank to be able to not have to be doing this trading time for money situation and instead can focus on the scaling and on the growing. Um, So really, I don't have a very good answer to that question, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think it was was clear. Can you talk a little bit about a time that um, when a business you were working with faced, let's say, something, a significant setback, right? And how you help them recover from that setback and then continue to grow? Yeah, I mean, I think as businesses, we face setbacks all the time. And I think it's just a part of doing business, kind of like how, I don't know, payment processor fees are a cost of doing business, right? Setbacks are a cost of doing business too. I always just think about it like it's operational drag, you know, it's it's not something that's optional. It's going to happen. It's, it's, it's a certainty. So mm-hmm. I think first of all, like, I wish that if I could go back a few years and I would see all these people on social media and I think their business was always sunshine and rainbows, like that's just not the case. All the people mm-hmm. that I know that have the biggest businesses have just as many problems as we all do. And, uh, it's just that they have bigger problems, okay? So it never changes. I think it's just the way that we see them. So like, I always just look at problems now as like personal development, honestly. And then I go into it with just a different mindset. So that's the first thing. But second thing, okay, so, I mean, do you want to give me like a kind of example that you're looking for? Then I can try and give a recent example based upon that. Like a significant setback could be a bereavement or, you know, uh, something financial, like a team member falling out or something like that right sure yeah I mean I remember the first time like I lost my uh first kind of primary team member and he hacked into my uh podcast he deleted more than 100 episodes um and basically he was a disgruntled ex-team member because we had this client whereby they actually asked for a refund because he was working one-on-one with them um and then he believed that he needed to get some commission from this client right but obviously we had to refund the client so we were not going to give him a commission on that client because the fulfillment wasn't given to the point where they were satisfied so we had to give back the money so there was no money to give commission from um anyway so we left and he he left sorry and actually he left on good terms but then a few months later uh, he was based in south america it would have been about 2 a.m for him on a saturday night and uh I am in Dubai at this time. So for me, it's a Sunday morning and I check my emails and my podcast is hacked with a hundred plus episodes deleted. And so like how I handled that, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like when you lose something that you put so much time into it, at first it's just major shock and major panic. 
But at the same time, you have to think, okay, well, rather than me wallowing in my, in my, you know, <laughs> sadness and just being sad, right? Like, what else can I do? What else can I do with this energy? So instead what I did is that I just went about and I focused all my energy in different ways of bringing in leads because we were getting so many leads and so much marketing from our show. Um, but obviously then, you know, we lost that, that all of that organic traffic that we had built up over the years. So I then just shifted my energy. And I think for a long time, like I didn't process quite how, how much it damaged my trust of people. Right. And so then about a year later, I spent a lot of time working through this, working through how, you know, how can I trust people again? And, what ends up happening was uh, actually in 2021, I then ended up trusting, but then I ended up getting burnt again, right? And I lost loads of money. And so I began to think like, well, why, why does this situation keep happening to me? And mm -hmm. so what I realized was like, I had to analyze my actions. And I was realizing that I was so untrusting that then the moment I would slightly trust someone just because the initial vibe, I would fully trust them and give them my everything. And so I realized like at the end of the day, it was all my fault. Okay. And so then when we, when we as founders can just realize that everything is our fault, then things become way easier because you can then realize that every single time something really, really bad happens, it's an opportunity and a moment of growth for you. And mm -hmm. so now I just always think about this, like just the other day, I was having a conversation with someone from my team. I was facing so much resistance from her and I was getting really frustrated. And I was saying to my boyfriend, like, oh my gosh, this person's always just giving me so much resistance. Like I just, and, and like, I would never say that obviously, you know, but I was just telling it to him. Um, and so we had a conversation and as I was talking, I, I said to him, I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm communicating clearly with her. I think that's why she's facing resistance with me. So then I had a call with her. We spoke for like 45 minutes and I showed her my vision. I got, got her ultra clear on like where we're going. And she was literally like, Lauren, I am so excited. I'm so clear. Like this makes so much sense to me now, but we were trying to communicate through typing, right? And through typing, I was feeling the resistance from her just because she wasn't clear, okay? So for me, finally owning my actions and realizing it's always my fault, I then now, because I know that it's always my fault, I have to reverse engineer and figure out, okay, how can I now correct this? How can I go into this situation, reverse engineer the steps and find the leaking out point so that I can plug that in through my own personal actions? Does that make sense? Amazing yeah. answer. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> That's just what I tried to do. So it's, but like, I always still make mistakes now and mm -hmm. setbacks always happen in business. I mean, they happen every day, like every single day they happen. But also like one of the things as well, when I'm onboarding a new team leader is that like, I make it very clear how I work. Right. And I make it very clear, like what we need to do to be successful. And my energy has to be protected. Like I'm bringing you into this role so that we can get results together, but also you got to protect my energy. So I don't- How do you problems. do that? I just or let them- how, how do you, like, is it like certain certain boundaries? Like, how do you actually like protect what? I totally get it, get it. But what do you put in place to protect your energy? This is like- geez. Yeah, so it's like a Lauren works this way, SOP, right? Standard operating procedure. So it's mm. like, this is like the playbook of Lauren. And yeah. so it's like, okay, she's very, very blunt when she messages, don't be upset. Like she's just blunt. That's how she types, right? Second thing is that like, she really does not like calls. Like if a call can be avoided outside of the set call that you have with her each week, like just avoid the call, right? Next thing is like, uh, 
message like don't communicate with her on slack like she likes to be communicated with on notion right and it, it's very structured and organized there um other things are like you know lauren thrives on white space on her calendar so like don't book her into things unless you would want to pay her this much per hour because just remember like that's how much it's costing the company every hour that you take of her time second and, and, and another yeah another thing is like for the team leaders how much like, would this be that's, that's private, but, but it's a lot a few thousand and then yeah. like when it when it comes down to um when it comes down to like uh okay let's think about it like this if for example like we have a problem with a client right mm -hmm. like there is no reason why that needs to come to me there is absolutely no reason you're a team leader you are more than capable at solving this problem and so if a problem comes to me i need to see three solutions and i need to see a timeline on each of those three solutions on how they need to be implemented and i need you to tell me why you're bringing this to me and I know that sounds like, you know, pretty blunt, but it's just how it needs to be. Because if I'm if I'm taking on everybody's problems, right, just because I'm the founder of the company doesn't mean I have to take on every problem. You come to me because you want me to be a resource to you to actually support you in solving the problem and the solution and implementing that that you've already had. So, yeah, to your point, like, for example, let's say we had a client. OK, let's take an example, because I think an example is always helpful. Let's say sales team enrolls a client that's not a dream client. OK, somehow, let's say we ha this is something that happened a few weeks ago. New client comes in, new salesperson enrolled this person, not a dream client, but somehow they got in. OK, they then get passed through to the client success team, um, client success team, you know, the, the, the person, every person that we work with works one on one with us. So they're one on one coach. Uh, you know, lets their boss know, um, I'm just not convinced this is a dream client. Like, I don't think I can get them the result, right? Here's what I think we should do. And then they propose two or three solutions, okay? Mm -hmm. Client success director picks one of the solutions. They roll it out to the client. Client doesn't like it. Okay, turns out it's not a good client for us. So then essentially what happened was because it's a big ticket price point at that point, um, the head of client success comes to me like, hey, Lauren, here's a situation. Either we can do this or we can do this, okay? Which one should it be? I chose, let's refund them and give them this free. We don't want this client in working with us just because they're not a dream client. And that was it. And then we moved on, right? I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't stressed. Um, mm. Whereas if they'd have come to me right in the beginning, like, oh my gosh, Lauren, we have this new client. I don't think they're a dream client. Like, what should we do? I'm really worried because like, I don't think we're ever going to be able to get them the result. That just drains my energy, you know? Instead, they propose these solutions to me. I pick a solution. Normally, honestly, it wouldn't even come to me. It's just that this is the high price ticket, like 25K, right? So mm -hmm. I couldn't, they wouldn't just refund it, you know, without checking with me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that was pretty much that. So hopefully yeah. that helped. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. So um, just to move the conversation a little bit, how do you stay motivated and to continue to innovate in your business? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know that I do massively innovate, to be honest. I think like I'm just always taking feedback from clients and analyzing the feedback and the data. And then based upon that, I'm also looking at what's going on in the industry. And like as a founder, I'm also looking, what do I like, right? What do I enjoy? Because I really believe that right now we don't we have we have a great product that works really really well like we don't necessarily need to massively innovate on that it just comes down to like i believe in kaizen which is continuous improvement it's like from japanese manufacturing right and so mm -hmm. um i just think like always improving so i actually don't think i innovate too much and i don't try to innovate 
all the time because like for example i'm not i'm not an inventor like i'm not a tech founder like mm. i'm doing services right like you know it's not super sexy um but when it comes to how do i stay motivated mm. i mean i think what's that saying like when you love what you do you'll never work another day in your life yeah. in order to stay motivated i make sure that i'm staying in my zone of genius so i find people who are really good in mm. leadership positions so yeah. that i can elevate myself out of needing to like do them things that must be done because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the type of person again this is me everyone's different but for me i don't like having a calendar full of stuff i like white space on my calendar i like to be creative i like to do what i want to do and then i know that if i have loads of calls on my calendar and i'm like oh i have all these calls to do then i am not going to be motivated to do it right mm -hmm. whereas if it's things that i choose to do like i love doing podcasts like this for me this is really really fun i find it, it energizes me it makes me excited it makes me happy like i love to do that but if i had like 10 calls in a day like one-on-one -on -one calls where it's not creating content like that would exhaust me and drain me so I just avoid that stuff and then that's how I stay uh, motivated and inspired and I just like talking to great people I travel all, all around the world all the time and speak to amazing minds and through having these conversations and connecting with these people I'm just able to constantly learn and constantly uh, expand my expand my mind and that's for me what I love to do like I love to chase my curiosity and I think that when we are able to get ourselves in a position where we can do that that's when we come up with the best ideas and the things that are actually gonna be able to help people the most so that's what I do yeah like, like Tony Robbins <laughs> yeah. says like proximity is power right like yeah. to, to, to hang out with um the right people and and, and the right the, the right mindset Honestly, um, just hearing you but motivates you motivates me back. That's how I know it's completely true. Contagious, right? <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Contagious energy, absolutely. Hundred percent. No, but it's so powerful. I think like energy is everything, right? So we have to protect our energy. And if it means that we have to set up systems to do that, then so be it, right? We got to do what we need to do. Um, and I think like energy, protecting your energy is more it's more important to protect your energy than to protect your time. Because if you were to get a phone call in the morning that lasts for 30 seconds, but they say something really bad that just like hits you, that could knock your energy for the whole day or for the whole week, right? Absolutely. So it's critical to protect that energy because that's the one thing that like, as humans, we when we can balance that, when we can maintain that, my gosh, we can, we can put it towards so many amazing things and 100%. you have uh, you have also like uh, rituals in place or like you know like standard um things that you do in the morning to to keep your energy in a certain way to be honest i don't really have a morning routine i mm -hmm. stretch in the morning like i mm -hmm. totally just wake up i pee i stretch and then i just normally go straight to work i don't check my phone i leave my phone plugged into the wall that's the one thing that i'm very big on but usually like it depends where i am in the world because depending on the time zone I'm in means that I need to have a different type of routine. So if I'm in Dubai, uh -huh. like I can work for like five hours without checking anything. Whereas if I'm in the US, like I'm already at least five hours behind the UK. So mm -hmm. I usually need to go in and check something, but I always mm -hmm. close all my tabs the night before, other mm -hmm. than what I'm going to be working on is my main thing that next morning. So for example, right now I'm, we had this old like, massive like I basically wrote this book it's not really a book but it's a, it is basically a, I don't know how to explain like a handbook I wrote uh -huh. it I wrote it like 
four years ago and it's really good like i i actually swear this is like so good because it's perfect it was like exactly how i was running my business four years ago right but mm -hmm. the thing was like back then obviously my revenue was way lower but mm -hmm it's perfect for my dream client now, right? And so it's so cool because basically what I'm doing at the moment is I'm reworking it as like a, a, a freebie for our audience, which is mm -hmm. cool because it's like, oh my gosh, if there's, I, I was just so thankful that I did this years ago because like it's perfect. So basically I'm reworking it now just to, you know, update it, refresh it and make it relevant for the audience. Cause obviously mm -hmm. some of the stuff was like super specific to, um, my business and so yes. yeah pretty much like uh i closed all my tabs last night mm -hmm. and then this morning when i woke up that was the only tab open on my laptop um mm -hmm. so i could get straight in and do it uh but then uh you know i did that for like 30 minutes usually i would have done it for longer but again i'm in america so i'm just trying to get used to the time zone here so what i did was like i checked notion which is what we use for all of our projects and team management mm -hmm. and i realized there was three things that my team needed from me people who were actually in thailand so they'd already gone to bed by the time I saw that. So I didn't need to do it. I just left it. I'll do it. Like I'll actually do it over the weekend. Cause then I'm going to mm -hmm. be online now till Monday, you know, cause it's Friday mm -hmm. as we record this. So yeah, maybe that gives you some clarity, but like, yeah. I don't really have routines. Like I just basically do different things depending on where I am in the world. Mm -hmm. And then every single day I walk at least 15,000 steps and I pretty much go to the gym mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> How many hours do you work a day? Do you have a standard, like, you know, hours that that you are invested in the business or is it flexible you know you just made you you said that in a really interesting way because you were like uh is there a certain amount of hours in the business and i think that's a good point like i was on a i do these mastermind calls with my clients every month and like mm -hmm. i was talking about the vial framework which is basically like how to categorize importance in mm -hmm. your business so there's vital important luxury and then eliminate and so the vital stuff is basically stuff that needs to happen for your business to run no matter what and so mm -hmm. i pretty much do nothing vital ever like mm -hmm. if i'm doing something vital there's like a big problem in the business okay because the vital stuff needs to be taken care of through systems okay and those systems can either be technology or people right systems don't just have to be a person going through a checklist and doing the stuff, but it also doesn't just have to be a software, right? It can be a mixture of both or it can be one or the other. And so if I'm having to do something vital and vital is basically money coming into the business or delivering to people what they paid for. So if I'm having to do sales, if I'm having to set sales calls, if I'm having to uh, do coaching, right? Like that's a big problem for the business. And also if I'm having to fix stuff to make sure that like a web page is not broken. I need to make sure that my team are there to do that. So I optimize to be doing the important stuff, which is going to be important in like three months from now, right? Because if I do the stuff that's important right now, again, my team should be doing that. As the visionary, as the founder of the business with a great team behind me, okay? Again, it wasn't always this way. A few years ago, this was not the case, but it is now. I'm always three months out. Like I'm doing activities that are in the future because then it means that we are always scaling and expanding. So this handbook thing that I'm telling you about, no, you, guys, you guys will see that get launched in a few months. But no, if, it was me, if it was me in my ideal world, like I would do this, I would get it done in a day and I would launch it the next day, right? However, with a team, like I can't do that anymore. So I have to learn to stay slowing down, which wow. is why, yeah, which is why I have to have someone by my side who's able to keep the day-to-day -day 
down you know keep it running because otherwise I'm causing mayhem you know I know myself well enough to know that I'm like that and I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs can relate to me right because yeah. we just want to do things too fast but a team can't keep up otherwise they don't have their own business and be successful in business you know what I mean so yeah it's it's you know you, you've got to know yourself and so uh that's just something that I've been thinking a lot about lately because I've been forcing myself to stay in the future and not then dive back into the present because when I do that that's when it causes disasters wow I got that like on on such a deep level I got literally goosebumps when you said it. I'm like oh, oh I needed <laughs> to hear that yeah because you really like you want to do it like now you're like yesterday and yeah like, having this this is so wise this is amazing this is a very big kick in my butt <laughs> like knowing that you know okay no you stay there and yeah. also trust it, it has to do also with you know you trust the team that okay it's going to be when it's going to be yes 100 <laughs> yeah and it's hard to learn like and i had to learn this with my business coach Wow. You know, he told me like, Lauren, if it takes two weeks longer because your team are doing it instead of you, that's okay. Like, because you're not doing it, your team are doing it and you're empowering them and they're having a win for themselves. And so I just I, thought it, it helped me. It helped me so much with my mindset for sure. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, <laughs> and are you like, how do you keep yourself You know, when you, when you feel, when you feel that, okay, now I want to jump in. Now I want to, like, how do you stay where, where you're supposed to be? And are you seeing like any clients or have you, have you given this completely up? To be honest, I haven't okay. done one-on-one -on -one client work for about three years, to be honest. Wow. Uh, yeah. I honestly never really did that. Like I only ever ran group programs um again it's, it's just not my zone of genius like I'm really good at presenting like master classes or speeches mm -hmm. but one-on-one -on -one work um is really difficult for me unless it's a client that's already doing like a hundred grand a month right mm -hmm. like below that level it's challenging for me because I'm I'm just too far away from that you see what I mean yeah. so it's difficult mm -hmm. and honestly my team are badass like my team are the ones that they all consulted with me and my company before they came in and actually started working with our clients so like To answer your question, um, how do I stay in that lane? <laughs> to be honest, a lot of communication happens without me. So I don't see it. I just don't see it. Like I'm not looped in on the stuff. Again, my team know me. I've told them how I work. Like, you know, we are really a team. Okay, so every Monday, Friday, we have a leadership team meeting. I have one-on-ones with each of my leaders once a week. And then we just chat, like we just chat, we talk. But the majority of my time, like if my team needs something from me, I have a page on Notion where they'll put it for me. And that pretty much keeps me busy for my days. Like they mm -hmm. give me, each of them probably give me like two or three things a week that they need from me. And then I'm just doing stuff that I think is going to get us to the next level. For example, this handbook thing. Guy yeah. from my team found it. He was like, hey, Lauren, is this still relevant? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Where did you find that? He was like, oh, it was just in the Facebook group. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is so old. And so now, now I'm working on that just because I think it's a good idea to do. Beautiful. Yeah, so good, right? And like, so that's a new head of marketing that I just brought on. Mm -hmm. Um 
yesterday like i want like I'm, I'm here in new york so anchor who's the founder of teachable he sold teachable for 250 million you guys saw it so he's a friend of mine like and to be honest, i didn't even know that he sold it for that much money i just knew that like he reached out to me years ago because the, I, he said to me on the podcast yesterday he's like yeah we reached out to you because you are making so much money on our platform like that's on the podcast <laughs> interview when he said that i was like that. you know yeah and we've just been friends since then but like we recorded a podcast together we just hang out for like two hours and did that um so I know that those things are just ways for us to grow and expand and be seen by our dream clients um and so that's what I'm spending my time doing so frankly like I trust my team right Mm -hmm. like they're so fantastic that I'm able to trust them and believe in them and like are we, where, are we where I want to be? No, not at all, right? So next week, that's why I go to our mastermind. Like I pay 20K, fly all the way from like, it, it took me 36 hours, you know, from Dubai because I need help, right? Wow. And I'm always wanting help. I have a one-on-one business coach that I work with um, because there are still gaps and still things that are absolutely missing. That yeah. means that my team are doing, and even me still, we're doing more than we need to be, okay? Mm-hmm. And so we're finding solutions for those things, but every business is always that way. And mm-hmm. for some reason, there's this glorified image on social media that you can have this perfect business, but it's just not the case. Like mm-hmm. I do not know a single person that has like a perfect business. Yes, they do the marketing. Yes, of course you know dream life etc everyone sees that right Mm. but just because like that's ideal for their clients right my situation right now is dream for like so many people but Mm. i know that i can do more and i know i know i can do it better right and so it's just this mindset that we will have as entrepreneurs we always want to do things and improve 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 and Mm. that's what i chase like i love that and i don't get super stressed about it because what's there to be stressed about like this life is amazing and we get to help people every day And like, you know, so I sometimes just think like if we were to take the pressure off ourselves um, Mm. in needing to be perfect, then Mm. we would come up with solutions and and content and creations that are just better for everyone. Right. Because it comes Mm. from a place of heart rather than a place of need. And I feel like Mm. that there's a huge difference in the in the vibe behind that, which sounds a little, you know, woo woo. Um, However, I believe it to be true. So it's just something that I've been uh, thinking about a lot lately, um, which is why I'm not rushing so much like I used to be. But mm-hmm. so powerful, and of course, if we if we think about it, like also in 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 the in the content world and in the like being visible, and like how 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 we market from from which energy the the posts come because it can be like perfect like a copy paste kind of thing what the industry does, but if you don't really like stand behind it. Um, what do you have to say about that? Like, how can how can somebody um, like be so authentic in their like with their energy in their in their content also as a founder as a creator, creating like on social media content without like being one of the same? So that's hard for me to answer because to be honest, I've always done whatever I want to do on social media so like (laughs) back in the fitness industry I remember like my content would go viral and it would get picked up by like women's health and cosmopolitan because I would do these like crazy before and afters of just like me posing differently then everyone started doing that right and that's okay because it worked and it got a lot of views um I just think for me I don't take myself too seriously Mm -hmm. 
and I don't like I find it really funny still when people are like I meet them in person they're like oh my gosh Lauren can we take a picture because like I don't see myself like that like I'm genuinely just posting what works for me what mm. I like to do and for me like it's 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 cool but it's like yeah. wow um so to answer your question I think if you think that you need to have some type of image then you're not ready to make content that's amazing love that love okay. that <laughs> that's really really amazing and you you stayed you stayed how you how you were also to, to mention this as well like uh you didn't change like your your energy your vibe your heart like we see it all over over the internet is you it always was you it is you now it's like more of you even yeah. um, and i think yeah. this is so inspiring <laughs> and, and, and so important so important in terms of like um tasks and things to do like as a founder while you're scaling now um what should you prioritize being visible or cash flow or both or or systems <laughs> or yeah team. like what what of these things well what's that saying uh sales cures all right so <laughs> if you like are not that. in a position where you have enough cash flow then at the end of the day i mean i i <sighs> I just love to reverse engineer stuff. So I always see, for example, like new clients coming in to work with us, right? And they're like hyped on this $100 a month subscription that they have or whatever, but they don't have any backend product to sell. So it's kind of like speaking on stage in front of a thousand people, but then not having anything to sell them after that speech, right? So it's cool that you've like spoke in front of so many people, but at the end of the day, what do you have to sell them into? So I always like to start, like the order and sequence that I go for it is like high ticket, then freebie, right? Then low ticket recurring, then like a mid ticket, okay? So like, let me just kind of walk you through this. So if you have a high ticket offer, that you know converts, right? So you have a funnel which can book sales calls or can close that through the DMs, or a, on a webinar as you like, right? Basically, if you get that dialed in, then you can pour a bunch of stuff into the top of the funnel and you're not gonna leak out, okay? Mm. So then you can get more leads, you can go and speak at events, you can do anything that you want, you can run a freebie. And then from there, what you'll notice is that you'll get so many people that don't buy because it's high ticket, right? They literally don't have the money or it's just not the right time, like genuinely, not just an objection, but genuine. Then you mm -hmm. need a downsell for these people, right? So getting them on a low ticket recurring membership. And then what's nice is just like then being able to build like a mid ticket offer um, for like between two to 5K that you mm -hmm. can get the people into, which, you know, they're never going to join the high ticket, right? So that's just kind of how I think about it. But I always just think like at the end of the day, if you just have the high ticket offer plus the freebie, okay mm -hmm. then you can do whatever you need to do you don't even need the freebie because you can use social media content and visibility as your freebie so i'm honestly uh just in the mindset that like you want to get what you're selling sorted as the high ticket primary main thing that you have mm -hmm. and then of course like you would only really need that plus like reaching people um if you want to convert people on a one-on-one -on -one basis it's very simple to do that and mm -hmm. people overcomplicate it because they try and do too, way too much stuff like those different tiers that i told you about mm -hmm. like you want to be thinking about that over the next five years <laughs> okay not right now <laughs> <laughs> Because people hear this and they think, oh my gosh, I need to build four different things. I'm like, no, no, no. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right? Spend a year or 18 months just on that, mastering that, and wow. then move on. 
to build mm. the load, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't yeah. need to be so complex. Yeah. Well, this is, this is so insightful. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, so if you had the opportunity to yeah. teach or help someone with one single thing, and it was, let's say, the end of your life type of scenario, <laughs> what would you like the world to know? Mm. I really think that movement is medicine. Yeah. And I think taking care of your health is everything. You can have 1,000 wishes, but if you don't have your health, then you only have one. And so I would say take care of your health. Focus on that before absolutely everything. I think, like, I genuinely love business because I love business. Like, for me, it's my hobby, and I'm just weird like that. But that's, for me, it's fun. Like, but at the end of the day, the thing that I'm probably spending the most time like learning about studying consuming is health-based content i mean it's how i started i'm obsessed with with health and fitness and um i mean i told you guys this before but like my younger brother is disabled right so like when he was born he took got his freedom stripped away from him at birth and so i've seen someone who does not have their own freedom and the ability to control their own health and it's just like it's terribly sad because like you know, I see so many people just constantly chasing more and more and more. But like, to be fair, like, I mean, I started paying myself a salary from my business, like 10K per month, uh, just for fun, right? It doesn't really make a difference because in Dubai as well, like the way taxes, like whatever. But um, and I just can't spend that much money every month. I just can't. Like, I literally, it's impossible. So I'm like, I don't even need more money than this. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, that's why as well, like every day I take time for my health uh physically mentally um spiritually emotionally with my relationships um and i truly believe that like this is the area to nurture um but also to give yourself the i suppose love yourself enough to also go after your goals right because you don't want to only focus on like let's say health and fitness like i see this all the time just because like so many people i know are like trainers and stuff like mm -hmm all they do is train and then they never have any results and they're just like super unhappy because they they are never achieving anything so mm -hmm. as well like how can you do it all right like that's what i that's what i am personally optimizing for is like a lifestyle where i can do it all i can pursue my goals i can have health i can have love i can have success um and everything mm -hmm. uh while yeah, like living harmoniously, right? And traveling and enjoying life. And it's hard sometimes because it's easy to go back into that default. Like, for example, next week, like we want to do a road trip, but I'm in the back of my mind, like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's so disruptive to the schedule. But then I'm also like, well, it's a road trip. Like, let's live, right? Yeah. So it's like, you just have to, you have to sometimes just find a way to make it all work. And uh, everyone's always trying to figure that out and no one ever has it right right? There's no such thing as right and wrong. But the one thing that you can control is your health. And I would say, like doing everything you can to be proactive about your health is super important. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for sharing. I'm excited about your road trip. I'm excited about the book. <laughs> Please yeah. let us know. And of course, it won't also... be a real book, just Dang. FYI, like I'll do a proper okay. book. I will do an actual book in a few mm -hmm. years. It's no okay. rush. No rush. Yeah. 
Well, we want all of them. And then the movie. <laughs> and we're going to have part three. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's actually true when it comes. <laughs> have a wonderful time on your trip. Thank you so, so much for honoring us with your time and your, your wisdom, your inspiration, your heart. You're absolutely amazing. We love you so, so much. And thank you for shining your light so bright in the world. We are super inspired by everything that you do and stand a thousand percent with you yay thank you so much for having me i so appreciate you ladies and i love your energy your energy is awesome and uh, this was really really fun so thank you so much <laughs>